You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So, man, I gotta be honest. I'm, uh, I'm usually more so on the pessimistic brand as far as Packer fans. I, I, I like to think I'm down the middle. But I, I tend to de- default a little bit to the pessimism. But I am beyond annoyed. And I, I get it. There were some ugly parts. But man, is it annoying to see the amount of complaining after the pack. And, and it's not like we just won. Did you guys notice the score of the game? I, I don't know, man. I'm happy. It was a relatively rough first half and a dominant second half. That's pretty much the summary. We can call it a day now. But anyways, I'd, I'd like to, I guess, elaborate on that a tad to kind of keep this in perspective because, I, again, I get it because I watched it and I remember feeling as though more than half the game is me saying this team can't beat anybody. I remember that. But fortunately, I didn't sit there on Twitter and tweet all that stuff because I'm getting better at remembering, you're going to regret it, you're going to regret it, you're going to regret it. Every time I grab my phone, dude, you're going to regret it, so I don't. And I would have. I mean, I did comment it at one point, but whatever. I didn't say it explicitly. But it's just one of those things. And try it. Maybe you just haven't done this yet. Just stop thinking about those individual parts that made you upset. And, and, and expectation had part to do with this expectation that we would get every first down, we would never have to punt, they would never get a first down, they wouldn't score any points, and that didn't happen, so it's like, oh, this team is trash. I mean, what what other expectation could there be when you look at the end result? If 13-31 to 31 is not good enough, well, there's circumstances. Every, every game, there's circumstances. Every single game. Look at all the turnovers. Yeah, turnovers happen, so what? Rodgers missed some throws. Right, right, because every other team that played the Giants completed every single pass perfectly. Every other team that played the Giants was perfect except the Packers. They were terrible, except they happened to beat the Giants worse than just about any team this year. These two narratives aren't going to fit, and we're going to have to drop one and run with the other one. A lot of stuff to iron out. That's fine. But I wanted the Packers to beat the Giants bloody and to a pulp, and that's exactly what happened. So I cannot start doing this podcast complaining about the Packers. I might a little bit, maybe a couple little things here and there, but my goodness, the amount of just abject negativity from top to bottom, none of this was good enough, the Packers aren't good, blah, blah, blah. Dude, relax. Again, we're on the same, I mean, you and me, same mind. That same kind of this isn't good enough, you know, whatever, we'll see what happens. I mean, we're not going to beat any good teams, but at least we beat a bad team. I'm, I'm, I'm the same guy, but I'm telling you, the way we, the negative folks, are feeling and the information that we have in front of us, they don't line up. So I want today to be looking at some of the information as well as maybe poking around the rest of the NFL to see kind of just how crazy stuff is because a lot of crazy stuff happened. 
And that's the other thing, the idea that it's like, well, the Packers are just garbage and they can't do anything and everyone else is perfect except us and it's just embarrassing. No, everybody's trash, dude. There's a couple teams that seem to have their stuff together. But even teams like the Patriots, who have some of the best record, have, you know, is it? I think it is the best record. Tied for the best, whatever. How many good teams have they actually beaten? Do you want to know the answer? Zero. Should we run through this real quick? Because remember, there's one team that's really good, and that's the Patriots, and there's one team that's really trash, and that's the Packers. The Patriots have beaten the Steelers. Now, at the time, that might have seemed significant. We have learned at this point in time the Steelers are trash. They beat the Dolphins. Dolphins are just the worst. They beat the Jets. They beat the Bills, which, you know, the Bills are, I guess, not that bad. They're another team that have a really overinflated record, but maybe I'll give them that one. They beat the Bills. They beat the Redskins. They beat the Giants, the Jets, the Browns. They lost to the Ravens. Then we got the Eagles, who just got beat by the Dolphins. The Cowboys, who at one point in time, maybe that's impressive, certainly not today. And then they lost to the Texans. So there's two teams that are good, and both of them beat the Patriots. So, you know, you look at their record, and you think this is a dominant team. You look at the teams they've actually beaten, kind of similar to the Packers, isn't it? And you could say the same thing about the Vikings. I mean, the Texans did beat the Patriots, but you could certainly say that about the Texans. I mean, the Texans are, I mean, it's, people are not super happy in the organization at the moment. The Bills have faced the, they've had literally the easiest schedule in all of football, even despite having played the Patriots, who have a really high, although overinflated record. And, and again, look, this is something that I've been trying, and I'm already launching into this, we're supposed to take a break, but whatever. This is something I've been trying to do for some time now, and it's, it's sort of my new crusade. Understanding the difference between what needs to happen and recognizing what isn't going to happen and what we shouldn't expect, which is perfection. We've gone over the roster I don't know how many thousands of times. The Chiefs don't have a perfect roster. The Patriots don't have a perfect roster. Not one single team in, in football, and, and I would assume not one single team in all of history, although maybe the, you could find one that had pretty good players at every single position. From the long snapper to the quarterback, you got a, a good to very good player. There's probably one or two, but that's not the standard. That's not what you need. That's not what teams need to win Super Bowls. That's not what the Packers have had when they won their Super Bowl. Well, I wonder, they had to have had bad players on their 90s team. Yeah, they, they had a lot. According to uh, PFF actually did, this is their earliest season is 1996, although I think the only game they had was the Super Bowl, so I can't really judge this. However, a lot of really bad grades in the Super Bowl. I don't know if it's just adjusting for what teams are today. This is shockingly not great. The highest graded player was a 71.1. I'm way off on a tangent here, but this is interesting. I think I've done this once before, but I forgot. I don't remember things. 71.1, which is by PFF standards, good barely. That was Antonio Freeman. Andre Risen was about a 70. Brett Favre was close to a 70. Keith Jackson, Mark Chimura, Aaron Taylor, Bruce Wilkerson, and Jeff Thomas were all average. Everybody else on offense was below average. Frank Winters, Dorsey Levins, Earl Dotson, Edgar Bennett, Terry Mickens, Don Beebe, William Henderson, Adam Timmerman. Defense was, well, defense wins championships, right? Gabe Wilkins, elite grade. Santana Dotson, very close to elite. Gilbert Brown, very good. Reggie White was very good. Craig Newsom was good, Doug Evans was good, Brian Williams was good, Mark Pryor was good. Then you had Wayne Simmons, Sean Jones, Leroy Butler, Lamont Hollenquist, Hollenquist, who played one snap. All those guys were average. And then you had below average Darius Holland, Bernardo Harris, Tyrone Williams, Keith McKenzie, and the only guys that were bad, Eugene Robinson and Ron Cox. 
it's interesting, but bringing that back full circle, they were not perfect. The offense wasn't even really that good, according to the grades that were given out. The defense was good. The offense was, eh. But guess what? They won the Super Bowl. How about the other time the Packers won the Super Bowl? You know, Charles Woodson was graded as average that year. So was Nick Collins. So was A.J. Hawk, which was not surprising, I'm sure. Charlie Pepro was below average. Frank Zombo was our number two edge rusher. That year, he had the second highest snap count of edge rushers. He was just bad. Frank Zombo. Clay Matthews was on the other side and was pretty solid. But again, pretty far from perfect. Cullen Jenkins was average. Ryan Pickett was average. Eric Walden was below average. Brad Jones was bad. Brian Balaga was average. Donald Driver was average. That was definitely a down year for him. Glad he got to get his Super Bowl ring, but still. James Jones was average. Andrew Corliss was below average. That was our top tight end. We did not have any tight ends that year. John Kuhn was average. Tom Crabtree was below average. Donald Lee was below average. Again, bunch of tight ends. Mark Tauscher was below average. It's a lot of good players on the offense, but it wasn't perfect. Aaron Rodgers and Josh Sitton were pretty close. Scott Wells, Jermichael Finley, Corey Hall, Quinn Johnson, whoever that is. Who's Quinn Johnson? Fullback. Second fullback. Third fullback? Second fullback? That's crazy. It's a lot of good players, but it wasn't perfect. There were holes. Holes everywhere. Did have Jermichael Finley, but it was a short period of time. So imperfection is okay. Not completing on a couple first downs is okay. Not scoring on every single drive is okay. And I understand there's context, but there's always context. When you don't get a first down, there's always a negative context there. Always. They've never gone, a team has never gone three and out and sat back and said, wow, that was a great drive. That was just, you talk about fundamental football, boy. I'm going to tell you what, so proud of what those boys did on that three and out. Keys to the game. How did we win? Did you see that three and out? That is the core. That is what we're striving for here, gentlemen. Well, it was an overthrow. Well, he threw to double covers. Well, there was a guy over there. Was, yes, yes, there's always a reason, and it's never a good one. But three and outs happen. Incompletions happen. Miscommunications. All those things happen every single game, every single week to every single team. I feel like 31-13 kind of outweighs the whole, we didn't get a first down that a couple times. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, before I get entirely too ranty here, why don't we take our first break? Uh, make sure you check out the t-shirts. We've got the Mason Crosby one. By the way, uh, something I didn't explain. We've got a teal and a white ribbon. That isn't just random. The teal ribbon is to support cervical cancer. The white ribbon is for lung cancer. He lost his sister-in-law to cervical cancer, and his wife currently or was diagnosed with lung cancer this summer. And again, uh, $10 from every shirt is going to go to the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation. Uh, we still got the GoFundMe campaign. We're actually getting pretty close, man. Only got a few weeks left. We are up to $837, thanks to a another anonymous donor. Hopefully I'll get that other t-shirt up today. I was going to get it up yesterday, but it's just, it's it's a lot. It actually takes kind of a long time. I underestimate how long it takes to get the shirt up. Because I, you know, I, it's not just a t-shirt. You got to, you know, put it on hoodies and women's shirts and different colors and change the prices and cool thing is you got a lot of options there's mugs stickers for whatever reason you'd want a sticker so anyways go check those things out go fund me what's the third thing oh oh after the break i think we got another winner scatter brain we do just double check it just kind of got slid in there in the midst of a conversation so after the break we've got a new winner for the signed dorsey levens jersey so let's get at that break all right it's a new week it's a new challenge 
Last week we had a bunch of people going out to New York. Some of them probably live in New York, but whatever. I asked for lots and lots of videos of you eating pizza. Instead, I get these ridiculous pictures of you at the stadium enjoying the game, giving me all these awesome videos, which, by the way, all seriousness, I do appreciate that, and I will be putting those up on Instagram. But we got a home game this week, folks. It is the Washington Redskins. And as of right now, single tickets are as low as 85 bucks. That's pretty good, man. Granted, you're probably going to want some better tickets, but it's the Redskins, so you're going to get some better deals. So go root around, see if you can find some good deals. Should be a really good game. It's a, you know, later in the season game. I can't predict snow this early on, but I mean, they're, I think they're like 14 point favorites. So it should be, I mean, if, if, if you've had a, a bad stretch of not seeing a winning game, this is probably one you want to go check out. But anyways, if you haven't done it yet, download the Vivid Seats app. You got the Vivid Seats rewards. You got the 100% buyer guarantee. Of course, they make it super easy to find the right tickets that you want. And if it's your first time buying with them, use promo code OVERTIME and you will potentially receive up to $100. If I could make that sound a little less cryptic, I'd probably go back and do it, but we'll leave it at that. It's not a scam, I just don't know how to say words. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, folks. The moment you all been waiting for. And I am very sorry to tell you that I don't think this person is not going to claim the jersey, so I believe this is the winner. The winner of the signed Dorsey Levin's jersey giveaway extraordinaire is B underscore Picho 13. Let me spell that for you. B underscore P-I-E-C-H-O 13, a.k.a. Brian Pichowicz. You know what? I want to know what part of the world that came from. The whole CZ thing. You, you, you guys are just doing this to make me look dumb, and I don't appreciate that. Because it's, it nev- it's, it's, it's never what it sounds like. It's like Tyler Biotish. No, sorry, it's not Biotish. You're wrong. There's a Z in your name, dude. How is it shh? It's not shush. Shush is S-H. I went to school. I know the rules. You can't just put Zs in stuff and say, no, it's Biotish. It's probably Piachowski or something, isn't it? You guys with the CZ thing... With the Z's, I don't know if you guys are Russian. Have a conversation with your great-grandparents and tell them to knock it off. But congratulations on winning the jersey. I'm sure your great-grandparents are proud. They're really mean, and they're not funny, but I'm sure they are proud. Continuing on. So I guess the question is going to be, how many different ways can I attack this to prove (coughs) that things aren't as dire as Packers, Twitter, maybe Facebook, I don't know, um, is making it out to be. And again, I understand it felt bad. 
I remember sitting there and thinking, this is not a good football team. It seems as though the first half felt like it took about four hours, and then the second half when the Packers dominated, that flew by in about 15 minutes. And it was just kind of, I mean, I, I literally, I remember being stunned when I saw it was 31-13 to 13 and the Packers were getting the ball again. And I'm like, dude, are they going to get another touchdown? This is, uh, is kind of wild right now. So, first of all, let's talk about this oh-so-terrible defense, because it was a little bit frustrating. There were some things that were frustrating, and it was the, the Kevin King banter was funny. I'm not going to lie, it was, it was funny. And there are definitely more Kevin King defenders than there are anti-Kingers, which makes it funny, especially when the dude gives up a touchdown and there's crickets, and then he has a ball thrown at him and gets a pick, and it's like, oh, what up now? Yeah, Kevin King's the man. And then, like, that one play where Kevin King not only gave up another giant pass, but had a penalty on the exact same play, like defensive holding, and he still gave up the pass, but it got nullified because of another penalty. And he had a pass breakup on the next play, and it was like, oh, look at the big pass breakup. It's like, dude, he just gave up like a 40-yard pass and got penalized on that play, like literally one play earlier. But anyways, whatever. Kevin King was very up and down, and it was actually nice to see the ups. Don't usually see the ups. But he had a pick and a pass breakup, and that looked pretty slick. And yes, that was a bad beat on that touchdown. Don't give me this garbage. You guys are cracking me up, man. I got game pass, dude. I I don't even need to go back and watch it because it replayed it like 17 times. There was a double move and Kevin King was like down by like 20 yards. The only reason he was kind of close at the end is because he's super fast and because the quarterback a little bit underthrew it. I mean, he could have thrown it up and away. The guy didn't have to dive down to the ground. And yeah, Kevin King's diving on his hand kind of almost got there, but not really. It's a perfect pass. No, it wasn't a perfect pass. Kevin King got beat. Give me this nonsense. You guys are crazy. He was like five yards behind the guy. But anyways, first of all, that was the only touchdown they got in the game. Second of all, let me tell you the amount of points the Giants have scored in every single game so far this season. 32, 27, 26, 24, 21, 18, 17, 14, 14, 14, 13, and 10. Now, I know the Packers have the worst defense in the history of the universe. I get it. I saw the game. They're terrible. They're trash. I hate them. I wish they would all just get cut. Petten should just go jump off a cliff into a beautiful ocean somewhere and, you know, far away, just retire. Everyone needs to just go away forever. However, interesting note, not that it's relevant, because the only thing that matters is that we watched a couple bad plays. The thing that matters is that I saw terribleness, and I expected better, and it didn't come. What doesn't matter is the fact that this is the second worst game the offense has played all year in terms of points scored. Irrelevant, in my opinion. Completely irrelevant. As far as the offense, the Packers scored 31. And yeah, that's, you know, I guess you could say that's pretty average. That's pretty standard. Dallas beat that twice, 37 and 35. New England got 35. The Jets got 34. Tampa Bay and Detroit both got 31 also. However, the Bills, who are just this dominant, unstoppable force, got 28. The Vikings, who, of course, will never beat, only got 28. And they also had 27, 19, and 3. It is a little bit crazy that only two teams have scored less than 27. That's pretty nuts. But of the teams that scored 30 or more points, the Packers keeping them to 13 was the lowest on the list. And this run defense, this just, I mean, let's face it, the run defense is about as bad as anything ever, really. And Saquon got rumbling a little bit. Now, does it matter that he was kept to under 100 yards? Of course not. Of course that doesn't matter. The fact that 
the Giants have run for 100, 107, 109, 129, 151, and 164, and that this supposed worst run defense in football kept them to under 100, with Saquon, by the way, which is relevant because two of the games that were under 100 were Saquonless, which means there have been three games this year prior to the Packers game in which Saquon ran, or the Giants with Saquon ran for under 100 yards, and the Packers were now the fourth team. I mean, I know they're trash, and I know they're horrible, and I know we hate them and we want them gone, but maybe we could give them credit for just that one and the points, but nothing else, because they're still garbage and we still hate them. Agreed? It's also completely unfair because we had three turnovers in the game, right? I mean, circumstances. We're the only team that has circumstances, except... There have been four games this year with at least three turnovers. They turned it over three times against the Cowboys, three times against the Cardinals, four times against the Patriots. So obviously the Patriots are trash because, I mean, big deal if it was 14 to 35 when you have four turnovers. Anybody could do that with four turnovers and the Redskins, four turnovers and the Redskins still lost, which is unbelievable. But they've had zero games this year with no turnovers, only three with one turnover. Every other game is two or more. So... I, what what are we what are we driving at here? This is the reason the Giants are a bad team. You understand? It's these kinds of circumstances that make them a bad team. It doesn't. It, I, I don't understand the whole. The Giants are bad, so we should dominate them. And then when the Giants are bad by missing a wide open receiver and throwing it to a safety who's out in the middle of nowhere and it hits him right in the chest and he returns it for however many yards, it's like, well, that doesn't really count because he missed a wide open receiver and hit a safety. No, th- this is why the Giants are bad, though. This is why we're going to beat them. 13 to 31 this is this is the reason what what did you want to happen like they're really good but they're not really good i don't understand and again i'm semi talking to me because i i felt the same way and i'm i'm not even understanding myself why does that not count in your mind this is what makes the giants garbage they're 31st in turnovers there's one team i don't know who they are there's one team that's worse than them in turning the ball over this is what makes the, I mean, this is, if they weren't getting turnovers, that would be concerning. And in fact, we talked about it, right? They haven't had a lot of turnovers lately. Need to get some turnovers. Then they get some turnovers, and what do Packer fans say? Oh, it doesn't count. Like, it has to be some perfect throw to a receiver, and then somebody comes out and just lays out for it and just get. I mean, kind of like the Tremont one, I guess, although that was a bad throw. But that was still kind of like the guy's there, and he had to jump up and get it. But we're not giving Savage any credit. He just caught a pass for no reason. Hate him. Cut him. King? Nope. Hate him. Cut him. Sarcasm. Please stick with the sarcasm. See, somebody's going to cut that. Somebody's going to cut that out and be like, see, this is what he said. That was sarcasm. The defense for the Giants also does get several turnovers. They've only had four games where they didn't get a single turnover. This would be the fifth. So I don't know. I, I feel like the Packers did to the Giants what every team so far this year has done to the Giants. That is with a few exceptions of games that were actually kind of close. The, I mean, they, they beat the Buccaneers and the Redskins. They were only five points behind the Detroit Lions, six points behind the Cardinals, f- uh, five points behind the Bears. The rest of the games, the Giants got beat and beat pretty badly, and the Packers are right in that line. Anyways, why don't we take our second break right now, because I only have a couple of more things I want to talk about, and I don't want to make the same mistake I did yesterday and forget to take a break. So let's take a break, get it out of the way, come right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. 
And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, I was thinking about it, the whole OK Boomer thing. I said OK Boomer, not OK Google, you dummy. Jeez. My phone's over here like, what do you need? You to get out of my life. Speaking of, a lot of people see that as a pejorative kind of thing. I feel like OK Boomer is, is, it's just me. Like, I keep seeing all the OK Boomer stuff, and I'm like, yep, that's my people right there. I aspire to be the OK Boomer guy. It's like my life goal. You know, just a random thought. Anyways, I want to run through um, one more thing here in terms of trying to convince you that the game wasn't as bad as you think you remember. I want to look at the play-by-play in a macro sense. In other words, instead of actually doing play-by-play, look at the end result of the play. Ready? Giants, punt. Packers, touchdown. Giants, touchdown. Packers, touchdown. Giants, interception. Packers, field goal. Giants, field goal. Packers, punt. Giants, end of the half. So that was, again, if you're just reading it, you're thinking, eh, probably could be a little bit better, but pretty good. I mean, the Packers scored on three other four possessions in the first half, which was the bad half. The Giants punted and had a pick and had a end of possession. So they had, I guess, five possessions scored on two of them so the Packers were clearly better in the first half but you know again not being super zoomed in and super invested just looking at it being like I guess it was all right probably could be better second half Packers get the ball punt not great right Giants field goal Packers touchdown Giants interception Packers touchdown Giants interception Packers punch punt Giants downs Packers end of the game so again for the Packers that's touchdown touchdown field goal punt punt touchdown touchdown punt end of the game. So, <laughs> uh, defensively, punt, touchdown, interception, field goal, end of the half. Field goal, interception, interception, downs. In other words, they stopped him on fourth down. Kind of struggling. Again, if, I, if I'm just, if I slept through the game, right, it's, it's noon and I'm just like, I can't do it, I'm out, taking a newsy, and I accidentally sleep through the game, and I wake up, and it's like, oh, I missed the game. And then you see 31-13. It's like, dude, that's what we needed right there. Boom, son. Then you come back, and you look at this, and it's like, dude, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, punt, punt, touchdown, touchdown, punt. A few more punts than I'd like, but then you look at the punts, and you realize J.K.'s booming it out of the stadium. It's like, yeah, they're back on track, man. I mean, that, that was kind of an indicator, too. Like, every time the Packers weren't doing well, even J.K. was shanking punts. And it's like, that's how you know stuff is messed up. But then you get this 31-13 win, and J.K.'s kicking it into the stands. We got touchdowns. We got Alan Lazard and Devontae, and everybody's just going on. It's a good day, man. And then I go on Twitter and see everybody crying about it. Like, this team isn't going anywhere. I hate this team, man. Never going to be able to beat the Patriots. Granted, the Patriots aren't even good enough to beat the Patriots. Like, I mean, if we're holding them to the same standard, Patriots can't beat anybody. Vikings can't beat anybody. Apparently, the only team that can beat anybody is the Ravens. I don't know. Who else is a team that gets credit for beating teams that that matter? I mean, we can't give the 49ers credit because we all think the Packers stink anyways. So they don't get any credit. They haven't beaten anybody. 
Who have the Seahawks beaten? The 49ers, I guess. Whatever that's worth. Again, they haven't beaten anybody. But that's it. They lost to the Saints. They lost to the Ravens. Otherwise, they beat the Bengals, the Steelers, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Browns, the Falcons, the Buccaneers, and now the Eagles. Whoop-de-doo! They're all bad teams. So we can play, again, we can play this game. Every, every single team. Because you know what the NFL this year is? You got some teams that are really good, and everybody else is unbelievable, garbage, trash, horrible. The amount of garbage teams this year is unbelievable. And because most teams are going to end up playing, you know, mostly garbage teams, because that's what most of the NFL is, every single team with a good record, you go through and look at it, guess what? Most of the teams they played are not that good. So again, in some kind of summary here, I was hoping that the Packers would win, and they did. I was hoping the Packers would win by a lot, and they did. 31-13 31-13 to 13 is incredible, both offensively and defensively, at least satisfactory. I would say satisfactory on offense and um, kind of awesome on defense, especially when you consider three interceptions. The amount of constant duress he was under, almost entirely because of Zadarius, but still constant duress. I saw somebody else say, there's zero sacks in this game. He might have been joking, but still. Come on, man. Yeah, they didn't finish. They didn't get the sack. The quarterback did a great job of getting the ball out on time. Had actually a couple really good passes with, you know, somebody right in his chest throwing the ball and hitting somebody. He was relatively impressive at times. But the guy was running for his life the whole game. That counts for something. Yeah, he didn't actually tackle him behind the line of scrimmage, which constitutes a sack. Oh, well. Every play. Even Rashawn, by the way, I only saw him on two plays. He got pressures on both plays, including the play he got hurt. That was the second of the two plays that I actually saw him in on. I don't know how many he actually played in, but that was basically when they pulled all the starters. And by the way, they pulled the starters! That that whole last drive where it looked like the, the Giants were just going to fly down the field and score another touchdown, it's like, oh, come on, guys, don't give them a free touch. That was all backup guys. Oren Burks out there. You had Fackrell and Gary. Bunch of guys, and I'm like, who is that? I don't know who that is. Just numbers that I don't recognize because they're not out there very often. That's That's usually a good indication. Well, it's the giant. Yeah, dude, what what would have made you happy? Did it need to be 50 to 0? I don't get it. We needed the Packers to win big and get a 31 to 13 kind of victory, which is an offensive and defensive kind of victory, even on special teams. It looked better than what it usually does. Right? Tremont Smith had a 33-yard return at one point. I mean, that's that's something. And guess what? 3 yards on punt return. Moving in the right direction, son. And I don't know. I don't know. What, Mason was perfect. Four for four on extra points and kicked an extra. Uh, kicked the field goal. J.K. Scott, forty-six point seven average. Kicked two inside the twenty out of three. Longest was a forty-seven yarder. So I mean, when your average is forty-six-seven and your longest was forty-seven, basically you're pretty consistent at forty-seven yard bangers. And so let's do that. Let's end that way and just kind of look at some of the stats. And they weren't all perfect. But Aaron Rodgers was 21 of 33, 243 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, 125.4 passer rating. I know 243 isn't a very big number, but a 125.4 passer rating. Compare that to Daniel Jones, 20 of 37, 240 yards, three less yards, burn. 6.5 average, one touchdown, three interceptions, 49.4 passer rating. The run game had a little bit of a issue getting going. Aaron Jones, 11 carries, 18 yards, 1.6 average, but 
because we've got coaches that are somewhat intelligent realize, you know what, sometimes Aaron Jones has a hard time getting going. Let's get Jamal going. 10 carries, 41 yards, 4.1 average, because that's the way it goes. Whenever one is having a down game, you just switch to the other one, you're good to go. It's not the first time, and it won't be the last time. That's the benefit of having a great duo. Switch it up. And by the way, Saquon Barkley, 19 carries, 83 yards, 4.4 average. 4.4 average is pretty average. It's not like earth-shattering. The team average rushing, by the way, 3.5. Whoop-de-doo. Receiving. Alan Lazard, three receptions, 103 yards, and a touchdown. That was on three targets, by the way. So three for three for 103 yards. Devontae was six of 10, 64 yards, two touchdowns. Jamal Williams caught four for 26 yards. Geronimo had two clutch uh, receptions. Getting back to doing what we need him to do, 20 yards. Jimmy had one for 16. Aaron Jones had four for 13. And Mercedes obviously had his touchdown reception. One reception, one yard, one touchdown. Two targets, but whatever. Just ignore that. It's not a bad day at the office, man. And I mentioned the guy we got to worry about on the other side is Sterling Shepard. They kept him to three receptions, 40 yards, and a touchdown. That's it. I mean, there were a couple times, a couple catches where you're looking at it and you're like, oh, man, this is kind of scary. I don't know. I feel like he's going to break this thing wide open. Again, all told, three receptions, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Whoop-de-doo. Defensively, obviously, Blake Martinez had the most tackles. Don't super care. Uh, three and a half tackles for a loss, however. Not nearly as many as the Giants, who, you know, if, if I'm going to complain a little bit, I really wish the offensive line had done a better job in this game. Somebody had commented how Aaron Rodgers had a super clean pocket. Kind of. I mean, he was never under immediate duress, but I mean, right at that three, three and a half second mark, it seemed like somebody was there every time. He was scrambling a lot. And even worse than that, running the ball, I'm not putting that on Aaron Jones. The guy was hit behind the line every single time. So I don't know what the deal was there. That's not good enough, man. Offensive line needs to pick it up because this is getting a little crazy. They do have some pretty good run defenders. There's no question about it, but this is not going to be the hardest group you're going to play. And it didn't matter if it was to the outside, to the inside, right? You got a couple good guys on the inside, fine. But even when they tried to run to the outside over by the edge rushers who are not good against the run, David Bakhtiari couldn't block it up. So not great. But uh, Amos, Zadarius, Kevin King, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry all had one or a half of a tackle for a loss, but you know I kind of like the PFF model where you get full credit for a tackle for a loss. I'm not going to deduct half of the credit because somebody else was there. That's silly. Pass deflections. The Packers had seven. Kevin King with two, Jair with one, Shannon Sullivan with one, Darnell Savage with one, Tremont with one, and Adrian Amos with one. Quarterback hits, there were seven. Kyler Fackrell had two. Guess where all the other five came from? Mr. Zadarius Smith. It'll be fun to look at the PFF stats a little bit more in depth. Some of these are going to differ, by the way, as far as the counts and all that kind of stuff, but kind of a preliminary look at the statistics. And then obviously the three picks, Darnell Savage, Kevin King, and Tremont Williams. Oh, and by the way, we'll see what happens today with the Vikings game. And man, oh man, oh man, I have never been such a big Seahawks fan in my life. But right now the Packers, let's, let's also keep this in mind, the Packers are number one in the division, which is awesome. They're also 9-3. and three. So the Packers just beat a team 31-13, are number one in the division, have a record of 9-3, and three, the first year, having a first-year head coach, and all we can do is complain because it wasn't good enough. Come on, man. We gotta take a day off. Again, I'm a pessimist at my core, but this is a little silly. All right, crazy stuff happens all the time. Crazy stuff. San Francisco has reason to complain. By the way, as it was pointed out, and somebody got skewered for this, and I don't know why, Lamar Jackson, the the Ravens won, he threw for 105 yards in that game. 
that is worth pointing out. Aaron Rodgers, you know, the, the, the offense is done. The team is over. Nothing is ever going to work out. Worst offense in history because Aaron Rodgers threw for 108 yards. Lamar Jackson threw for 105. Yes, the Ravens won. And yes, he ran for a lot of yards. That's kind of a separate issue, though. Point is, even really good teams with good quarterbacks, because everyone acknowledges Lamar's a good quarterback, right? Now, nobody's going to skewer Lamar because he's the media darling right now. Everybody loves him. Nobody can say anything bad about him. And you can see what happens when people talk bad about him. They get absolutely annihilated. But the fact of the matter is, he's a good quarterback. He threw for 105 yards. So let's give the Packers a little bit of slack, all right? The Carolina Panthers just lost to the Washington Redskins. The Jets lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, imagine being a bad team, but kind of feeling like maybe we got something going here, and then you lose to the Bengals. The only team that lost to the Bengals, you could only score six points on the Bengals. The Colts who just last year were on their way to a Super Bowl, and and I had thought that they were one of the the favorites. Yeah, they lost their quarterback. They also lost their defense. They had their rookie linebacker, who was like the number one linebacker in football, completely just fell off. He's gone. I don't know where he is. Defense is not very good. Offense is not very good. Tennessee Titans beat them 31-17. Their Super Bowl aspirations are gone in the blink of an eye. Philadelphia just got beat by the Miami Dolphins. The Philadelphia Eagles defense, which is supposed to be some great defense, gave up 37 points to the Miami Dolphins. They could very well be in the playoffs. The Cleveland Browns, who are supposed to be another team that had a lot of Super Bowl aspirations, are going to be so good, blah, 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 blah. Lost 13 to 20. They can't do anything. Oakland just got blown out for the second week in a row, 40 to 9. The Chargers just lost to the Denver Broncos. New England lost to the Houston Texans. The Packers won 31-13, and we're all complaining. Bad stuff happens to every team. It's happened to the Packers, and this last week was not one of of those examples. This was not one of those times where some fluky bad thing happened. This was a time where we said, I I expect 31-13. It happened, and we're all like, they're so trash. Compared to who? Relax, bro. That's exactly what was supposed to happen, and it did. I don't know what else to say. Be happy. Be excited about it. Yeah, it wasn't perfect. Some guys didn't have good days. I'm, I'm, you know, by tomorrow we'll be doing PFF day. I'll point them out. Tomorrow is going to necessarily be a little bit more pessimistic because some guys did play poorly. I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers didn't have that great of a, a grade. Offensive linemen, I'm guessing several had bad grades. We'll see. We'll see what happened. Whatever. Again, the, the, the main crux of this whole thing is you hope, you, what you hope for is a 31-13 victory. That's what every Packer fan was hoping for. Just an absolute flogging. We got it, and we're complaining about it. Stop. I mean, I'm, I'm to the point now where I'm talking in circles, so I think we got to just be done with this thing. So anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.